0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the One Talk podcast. you here with your host, Ryan, and today we are joined by a special guest, Joe Legoven. So, Joe is a multi millionaire real estate investor, entrepreneur, and fitness and mindset coach. And in this episode, there's so much value around business, mindset, spirituality. There's a lot of key notes that you can take away from this episode. So I highly recommend to write stuff down because there is a lot of action items you can take from this to implement into your own life. There's so much wisdom shared by Joe and myself that we bring into this episode. So if you could please share around the podcast, give us a follow. Give us a rating and just share the podcast around to people that you know would benefit from listening to this or would receive value from listening to this. That would be great. But enjoy the episode and let's introduce Joe. Hey, happy to be here. Thank hey, you, Brian. Happy, happy to have you. How you doing, man? How's your day been?
1: It's been it's been great. It's been a busy day, but a good day. Yeah, for sure. Just uh, it's right now. It's nighttime where we're at because we're in the states and i'm looking out my window and seeing the north star and apparently there's supposed to be some comment or something showing up so i don't know i i've got like a prime view right now of it while i'm doing this podcast so it's kind of a cool a cool uh symbolism there for for what we're talking about finding our north star right in in life so
0: that's really happy to be here yeah whereabouts in the states are you so I'm in Colorado. Uh,
1: if you're oh, nice. familiar, it's kind of in the middle. Uh, we're right in the mountains, and uh, I live right next to an uh, amphitheater called Red Rocks Amphitheater, oh, and yeah. a bunch of bands play here, like uh, Rufus Del Sol. And uh, mm. I I can literally last. It was about two months ago. I was outside my house in my hot tub, and I was hearing Rufus. You can hear him from <laughs> from my house. That's it. so. It's kind of a cool little spot we've got here, but. Um, you know, everybody's played there. So most people are familiar with that area as well. But yeah. Mm,
0: that's really yeah. cool. yeah, I'm a big fan of Rufus as well. So be able to, you know, have that spot sounds really good.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's yeah. Nice. And so, to um yeah. I want to say to listeners as well, sending to before the podcast, before we get into um your story and some questions, like just go and follow Joe on Instagram because ever since I started following him, it helps me show up to get in and get into action of myself and my own personal development because I literally jump on my Instagram, see a story, see a post of you getting after it. I'm like, oh, I've got to do it now too. And it's a really good motivator too. And you also put so much knowledge and value on your stories and all the questions you do as well that I see you answer. So if you're not too familiar with Joe's work, I highly recommend you go check him out for a lot of things around mindset and fitness because, yeah, it's very motivating and a lot of knowledge involved as well.
1: Appreciate that, yeah.
0: And going yeah. off with that, like I'd love to be able to go into a dive of your story and your why of becoming a mindset and fitness coach.
1: Yeah, um, sorry about that. Okay. Uh, you know, so for me, it all kind of started with um when about a decade ago, I actually lost my only sister to a suicide, mm. um, and it was basically a suicide overdose. She had been struggling with you know, mental uh, illness for quite a while. And up until that point, I kind of knew that that was um, something to, you know, pay attention to because I, when I was growing up, I did have little bouts of depression or anxiety and I kind of struggled with those things. But what I saw after that happened was I would see my sister in very good states of her life where she was in a very good place. And then in other places um, where she was not in such a great place, right? And so, what, what I, what I think really was the tipping point for me was to see when she was in a really good place, what were the things she was doing, what mm. were the habits she was doing, what were the practices she was doing, and when she was in a good place, she was working out consistently. She was, she had a vision, she had a purpose, she was doing mm. her spiritual work. She wasn't overdoing it in certain areas of her life. Like she wasn't unbalanced or whatever. And when she was doing bad, she was doing the exact opposite of that. I mean, she was drinking a lot. She was on multiple medications and they were conflicting with each other. She was not doing her spiritual work. Um, She was not doing her mental work as far as, you know, some of the the processes we'll talk about today as far as gratitude and, and, being present and, and kind of thinking through your thoughts, right? Not accepting everything that comes into your mind as gospel. Mm. Um, and for me, that really inspired me. And so what happened after she had passed was, of course, I went through the grieving process and everything, but I really doubled down on my self-care uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, on all those levels, relationally. And I literally have never been happier in my life. Mm. Which sounds crazy, because I think a lot of times we look at uh, mental illness, we think like, oh, maybe I'll make it through life. <laughs> like, that's the end goal. Like, oh, I'm, I'm struggling with depression. Maybe I'll get to zero. Maybe I'll be normal. Right. Mm. But I would say on average, I am probably talking with different people and, and having different friends. And stuff. I'm on the upper echelon of happiness. Like, I literally live a very fulfilled, very happy, very productive very peaceful, very uh, connected life. Mm. And I love it. I love tons of it. Um, I mean, I struggle. I still have problems. Of course, everybody does. But that hopefully will give people hope because Mm. when they look at their lives and if they're looking at mental illness and they're saying, well, this is just my lot in life, like I'm kind of stuck and and whatever, there are definitely things we can do to help it. There are definitely practices we can do. There are definitely um, exercises we can do. And I truly believe my life is kind of a testimony of that is especially having a sister with similar genetics, similar backgrounds, similar, you know, raised in a similar family to have her go one path and then to have me go basically 180 degrees in the opposite path. Um, mm. Hopefully we'll give hope that that's possible for them.
0: Yeah. And coming back a bit as well, because one thing I'm seeing around this party story is the perspective that you've got on life and this perspective that you have on life, was it something that you had to gradually build to become open-minded to, let's just say, when that um, rest in peace to your sister. But when that happened, like you said, that you broke down the things that are making them good and healthy and happy as well. And mm-hmm. that perspective, was that a shift that happened in your life at that time? Or was that something you grew up with and that was instilled into
1: I had spent quite a bit of time seeking uh, spiritually when I was younger um and i spent a lot of time studying different spiritual paths and um there was a point in my life where i was very seriously contemplating kind of just just picking a path and sticking with it i was very interested in um eastern philosophy where i was um connected to a temple and thinking about just diving down that world and and mm-hmm. literally just surrendering to that and during that time i learned a lot about kind of life and about our position in the universe if you will um not to get too into the weeds but it just gave me a very spiritual perspective so after she had passed um of course there's that time of grieving where you you feel like oh man you know like it's it's rough you watch your family go through it you watch which is all honestly like the hardest part is when you watch your parents who mm-hmm. my parents were great people they were not bad people you know sometimes when people think somebody died or committed suicide or whatever that it was because the parents were negative people like my parents were amazing and to watch them suffer was very difficult but for me having more of a spiritual perspective and being able to kind of see things through what i call like an eternal lens um Mm. you know energy is never created nor destroyed um Mm. and we know that scientifically that's not even woo woo science we know that we are by definition, eternal, we're just having a temporary experience. Mm. And when I I live in that mentally, it helps me process things a lot easier, especially when it comes to things like death or things like um, some issue that I'm having in my own personal life that is a temporary mm. situation. But in the, the, the midst of eternity, it is really not as big of a deal as sometimes we make it. Yeah. Um, so when she did pass, of course, that helped through the process but then it was also very practical. Okay. That's the spiritual side. That's where I know her, her spirit soul is at, but let's get down in the weeds. Let's get down to the practical things. What are things I can be doing personally mm. to make my life better, to not go down that same route, to, to notice when I'm starting mm. to feel in a negative way, or my habits are not really helping like, Oh, I, I watched TV for 40 hours this week and I feel depressed. Huh? I wonder why, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Right. Or I ate, mcdonald's 10 meals out of the week and i didn't work out i wonder why i'm not feeling so great you know what i mean like start Mm. to pay attention to those things a little bit and and basically when i started doing that it really helped me kind of shift and realize like wow like we everybody loves the physical transformations they love to see people lose you know 200 pounds 300 pounds and we see that visually so it Mm. gives us uh, something like wow look at that guy change but people don't realize that people do that mentally yeah. Like people can literally have mental transformations and you see it because they'll glow. You'll see it because our energy is high. You'll see it because they, they make a lot of sense when they speak. And that's because they've had a mental transformation. That's because they yeah. are thinking differently. And a lot of that comes from the habits. A lot of it comes from introspection. And a lot of it comes from just being around that type of mindset on a continual basis, you know, and that's, that's mm. really the work. I try to do is help people who are maybe in that negative loop of thinking to open up their minds to maybe think a little differently and look and kind of open up that that avenue for for new ideas new thoughts to come in that may propel mm. them to the next level of life
0: yeah that's great bro because i love your type of work because when it comes to fitness like you said it's not just an external transformation it's also an internal transformation so people think of just i'm gonna go and this is me from my experience like eight years ago on the first started to the gym I was like, I'm just going to gain muscle. But one thing I learned on the journey was that I was making a whole transformation for my mind, body, and soul. And the Mm. the muscle that grew the most was my brain power. And through that, I built resilience, built strength, built discipline, built more happiness, obviously got more dopamine, more Like My whole life changed just by showing up and building these habits. So I love because the one key thing you're saying there were habits and One thing that does bring shifts in our life is habits. So what habits do you do on a daily basis that help you maintain healthy mindset and a healthy body?
1: Mm, What a great question. What a great question. Um, You know, it's multifaceted, but one of the main things I do is I I learned a morning routine technique from uh, Tony Robbins and I kind of altered it a little bit, but it's very simple. But when I wake up in the morning, I try to think of three things I'm grateful for Mm you know, whatever they may be. Um, and sometimes it's difficult to find that if you're in a negative mind state, right? Like if I'm just like, uh, another day, another dollar, you know, I'm in this, you know, pissed off mood or whatever. But if I can sit there and be like, man, I'm thankful for the sun. I'm thankful I'm healthy. I'm thankful that I've got, um, you know, whatever in my life. And I'm starting to think about that. It changes my brain a little bit because now mm. I'm starting to find things that I'm grateful for. And really our mind, the way it works is what questions are you asking yourself? Yeah, And questions are the precursor to thought, right? And sometimes we think, oh, I've got to think positive thoughts. I've got to think positive thoughts. And that's great or whatever. But until we ask ourselves great questions, those positive thoughts aren't going to come in. For example, Mm -hmm. if you just sat and said, what am I grateful for right now? And you just sat and were quiet for about 10 seconds, something would pop in your head if you really ask that question. And Mm -hmm. so asking good questions. Another thing I think about is what are three things I want to create in my life? Yeah. and what is very helpful, and this was very helpful to me, was there was a point in my life where I I guess I was kind of stagnant, right? I wasn't really growing. I wasn't really pushing myself, and I didn't really have. I was just kind of level, you know, just kind of getting through life. Yeah. But I noticed when I was in that mind state that the depression would start to creep in, and I would have this feeling of kind of like sadness and just kind of missing out on something. And what I realize is our minds need to be occupied. We need to be doing something with our minds because the mind is rarely ever, you know, completely stopped, right? Like yeah. people who have attained that are at very high levels. But for most of us, we're going to be thinking continuously, even when we dream. That's why we we have dreams, right? Even when our, our brain is supposedly turned off, we're still thinking. So if we are thinking about what we want to create in life, it will occupy the part of our mind that's going to create a bunch of BS. Yeah. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> because <laughs> i i had a theory a while ago where you'll hear a lot of creative people struggle with mental depression and and anxiety and my sister was an amazing artist like she was phenomenal like i'm not just saying that she was my sister like she was literally like realism um her art was featured in in um galleries and stuff like that so she was really oh, good at what awesome. she did And after she had passed, they had a huge gallery meeting with everybody there. And about half the people couldn't even show up, the actual artists, because they struggled with anxiety that bad. Mm. And the one thing I realized is these people with these powerful imaginations, which can create so much goodness in this world, their imaginations are so powerful that if they're projecting into the future something negative. Just imagine how much powerful that is than the, your average beer drinking bro who's watching football on Sunday, right? Like yeah. his his definition of a, a negative future is probably like I don't know a cartoon where the, <laughs> this person with this crazy imagination is seeing like buildings exploding and mm. you know and their whole life flashing before their eyes. And for anxiety, us creating negative situations cognitively is a big mm. part of that, right? Like whatever we're thinking about. And those people who have those powerful imaginations, it can be used for good or it can be used against them. Mm. And so that's why I think having that practice of waking up, what am I grateful for? What are three things I'm creating? It instantly gets my wheels turning to start thinking about myself and and what do I want to create instead of thinking, what could go wrong today? Yeah. Right. Right. Like, if I just ask myself that right now, what could go wrong today? Something's going to pop into my head right now. But that's yes. not a very good question. It's not an empowering question. It's not a helpful question. But if I think about what do I want to do today that's going to actually make my life better, instantly stuff's going to start coming into mind. So, those are the things I start out with. And the final one I do is um, three things I'm proud about myself right now. Mm. And that's not always an easy thing because we're not perfect. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. You know, and, and all of us make mistakes, but if we're just dwelling on that and thinking about how horrible we are because we did this or we thought this or we should have thought that, but we shouldn't, blah, blah, blah. If we're in that mindset, we're not going to feel very good about ourselves. And when mm. we don't love ourselves, we're not going to create loving things for ourselves. Yeah. We're going to create negative things for ourselves. And um so when I start thinking about, okay, what are three things I'm proud about? Well, you know, I got up and I drank some water and I I ate my I took my vitamins. Okay, well, that's something, you know, or I went and worked out today, okay, that's something. Or I hmm. went and did my video today and talked, even though I didn't feel like it. That's something, you know. So having those type of habits um really kind of help. And that also those habits will build up our self-confidence over time. So hmm. if you're doing positive things every day and even if you don't feel like it that'll build up that self-confidence as well so that's been a big part of it what going back to your original question what are the habits and why does that matter so much um and that uh, hopefully that answers that a little bit
0: oh that definitely answers it and i've got a couple of things i want to break down from that because that was such a detailed answer which is great and one of the things you said at the start of the podcast is that not all, all not all of our thoughts are gospel which is true because we have seventy thousand thoughts per day the average human. But then you said, if you ask yourself the right questions, good answers will come from that. And they could be the, they could be the triggering point for your gospel thoughts by asking yourself those right questions every single morning. So showing that gratitude as well. And then fast forwarding to the point on, um, what are you proud on? People can get caught up and say, like, oh, I haven't made any big achievements in my life. It's like, break that down really. And it's not all about saying like, you have to fly the space. Like it doesn't have to be big, massive moments. It's things like, I've got up out of bed, but I set my alarm and actually got out of bed at that time, or I drank the amount of water I set out to drink, or I actually went to the gym today where I didn't feel like it. It's just breaking down things in your life that it's like, cool. I didn't want to do this today. I did it anyway. And I'm proud of that. And it's just showing that self love and self care to yourself every single day
1: god you got it you absolutely got it i love that's why i love listening to you because mm. i can tell you've seen it and you've been there but you also have seen the the practices that work and you are 100 right 100 right about that and uh, a lot of times we will get into the comparison trap when we're when mm. we are like you said like oh i i shouldn't yeah okay maybe i got up and went to work today but my brother he makes a million dollars a year you know or whatever yeah. right which uh, it's like, uh, it's a way of just making yourself feel bad, right? The comparison thing. Mm -hmm. But in reality, everybody is on their own specific journey, right? Like, and whatever is good for me may not be good for you. And whatever is good for that person's path, it may not be your path. And so finding those specific things that your conscience knows you should be doing, whether it's waking up in the morning, whether it's taking care of yourself physically, eating right, preparing Mm -hmm. your mind, doing these type of practices. If you know you should be doing them and you're not doing them, that's that's where like and if you actually do complete that, that's when you should start feeling good about yourself and your life, and you can actually start building that confidence. And it has nothing to do with outcome. The outcome mm. may be different between you and somebody else halfway across the world, but when you really look at those habits, it's going to make such a big difference. And you're absolutely right. I love that.
0: Yeah, and it builds up over time because, like you said, comparison is the theft of joy. So if you're going to keep comparing yourself to other people, you're going to steal your own internal happiness because you're projecting their lifestyle and comparing it to your own. You think, oh, why didn't I have that? Instead of focusing on your own journey and making your own life better and your own growth excel. Because the, the most famous saying is grow 1% um, every single day. Like just 1% growth, little steps every day. But then people can be like, oh, well, I had two months off, so I'm not going to bother anymore. And it's like, yeah. no, you look at it as like a calendar year, right? If you have two months off over a whole year – that's, what, 60%. You still progress 305% within a year. And that's massive growth if you look at it long-term as well. So even sometimes when you are doing habits, it can feel like it's not working. But it's also knowing that it's going to serve you long-term as well. Absolutely.
1: And and again, just kind of doing doing the habits based on the habits themselves, right, and not mm. worrying about the outcome. And that's one thing that my coach drills in our head is, every day wake up and do the things I tell you to do. And if you do them, you should feel good regardless of the outcome. Now, Mm -hmm. if you get some outcome that's amazing, but you didn't do the habits, he's like, don't even congratulate yourself, you know, but he's like, if you're doing the habits and you're not, you're still not getting the outcome and you're still not getting, you know, whatever you want to create in your life or whatever. He's like, still feel good about yourself because you're actually doing what is mm. in your own control to do, right? It's in our own little realm of control that we actually do have control over. I do have control over. If I work out today, I do have control what goes into my body. I do have control to some degree of how I'm thinking and how I'm using my mind and how I'm using my vision. Mm. Um, and, With those type of things, if I'm taking control of that on that level, we should feel good regardless of the outcome, because sometimes the outcome is going to be different for everybody. And, um, you know, we can't really get sucked in that comparison trap. And a small story I'll share, you know, with my sister was she would she would get into that a little bit and she would Mm. really talk about, well, my friends are at this level and they're all having kids and and they're doing this and they're they've got this type of house or this type of thing and she was always in that world of I'm not as good of, of, of these people but really objectively she had a great life and a lot of mm-hmm. people who saw her were like god they would switch places with her in an instant I mean she was beautiful she was successful she had a great career and one day when she actually tried to kill herself this is this is always a tough story for me because When it happened, I I didn't understand it at the time, but we went over to her house and we brought her to the hospital. My mom and I went over there and she was telling me, she said, uh, she wrote down a list of all the mistakes she made in her whole life. Mm. Going back to her, to when she can remember, she literally took a journal and wrote down every mistake of her life and talk about what mental illness is, right? Like if me and you sat here and did that, You know how freaking sad we should be?
0: Yeah, literally.
1: And she was doing this. She had done this for like two days straight. And guess what? By the end of it, she wanted to kill herself, you know? Mm. And when we were were taking the hospital, I gave her a hug. And she looked at me and she said, I'm so sorry. And I thought she was sorry about us having to bring her to the hospital. But she goes, when you were in fifth grade, I didn't take you to school when I could have taken you to school. Mm. I go, you got to be kidding me like I could care less. I love you, my sister. But she was dealing with so much guilt, so much self-hatred, so much negativity towards herself, asking horrible questions and repeating them and dwelling in the state of just feeling, you know, completely emotionally drained because she felt like she wasn't good enough. She wasn't Mm -hmm. leveling up to the people around her. She was a horrible person and her whatever mechanism she made up in her brain, you know, and so that again is another big trigger that, I truly believe the underlying root of a lot of struggles, whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, is a deep-seated guilt that people Mm -hmm. have. And a lot of that guilt comes from, number one, it comes from not doing the things within your own realm that you can control, right? Mm -hmm. And number two, it comes from irrational judgments against yourself. You know, really looking at yourself in a negative light and not seeing the good and not chalking some things up to just being human. Hey, we all make mistakes. Hey, we're all selfish at times. Hey, we all think negative thoughts at times. Hey, we're not going to be perfect. And being able to live with ourselves and still move on and say, hey, this is a journey I'm on. You know, life life may not be uh, a perfect, and I may not be a perfect player in life, but hey, I'm learning, right? This is just mm-hmm. part of the journey. It's part of being a human um, and, and I think when people aren't able to do that, it causes a lot of depression, cause a lot of anxiety and it causes a lot of fear, you know, in them themselves. So, um, yeah, and that was kind of a tangent there, but I hope that helps a little bit.
0: No, that was really good. That was a um, really good perspective and story you shared there because it showed me is that where focus goes, energy flows. Mm. So wherever you mm. direct that focus in your life, that energy is going to consume that and it's going to swarm you. Until you put your point of direction somewhere else, then the energy will flow that way. It's all about where are you putting your focus in life? Because wherever it goes, that's going to become fixated. And it's becoming aware. I believe that's why it's important to be able to... One thing I do every single fortnight is order my life and it sounds crazy, but <laughs> it's it's not. It's like it's just ordering my thoughts, my beliefs and thoughts that came up. I'm helpful thoughts, helpful thoughts. It's like, cool, why did this come up? What was I doing at this time? And it's just ordering mm-hmm. my life because if I do that every single fortnight, I'm gonna keep growing because I'm not gonna get fixated in one single spot. Because sometimes mm-hmm. I can be like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym anymore. Then I ordered it and I'm like, wait, why don't I, why do I have that thought coming up? And it's like, oh, because of this, this and this. And you're able to understand yourself a lot more. I believe the more we understand ourselves, the more we can start building on ourselves as well.
1: Hundred percent. That is so beautiful. And like you, I love the way that you're and watching your videos and stuff. One thing that I think you really hammer in, which is so important, is we are not our thoughts. Right? We can observe our thoughts, and we don't have to take them for gospel, like we were saying earlier. Um, And you know the difference between. When when a thought comes is whether or not we believe it. And mm. and sometimes we'll believe things that um are negative about ourselves that have no rationality, right? Are completely mm. irrational. But if you can write them down and go, Well, where did that come from? Right. Like I think such and such is gonna happen in the future. Um, and by the way, like I don't know about you, but all like 99% of the things I've worried about in the future has not come to pass yet. You know? Like <laughs> I thought I thought my life was over so many times in my life. And mm. it just didn't happen, you know? And so like, but, but we will take that as gospel. Like we will mm. see it as being the case or, or something about ourselves. Oh, I'm such a horrible person or, oh, I'm such a whatever. And uh, we will believe that, but um, we also need to prove it to ourselves through our actions. Right. Mm. And so sometimes we can't think our way into positive thoughts. We actually have to act our way into positive thoughts. Yeah. And, and, you know, personally, when I've been through some tough times, some of the toughest times for me personally, I've been actually in breakups and, and I'm sure a lot of guys can relate or women can mm-hmm. relate. That's that's sometimes one of the roughest things. And I've got a few people I talk to now who are going through divorces and stuff like that. And it's really rough on them. Um, but for me, when I was able to wake up in the morning, take my shake, take my, my vitamins, go work out, do all these things, even though I felt mentally terrible, I just mm-hmm. went through the processes and did it. I wasn't like trying to feel motivated before I did it. I just did it because I knew I should do it. Then once I started moving my body, once I started working out, I got that good nutrition in my body. Guess what? I felt better. And I also felt confident. I was like, man, I, you know, even though this person broke up with me and I kind of feel like I'm worthless, I still feel confident because, Hey, I got up and kicked ass today and I I did Mm -hmm. my workout and I did ate my right, you know? And so self-confidence really comes from that self-discipline a lot of times. And so having that honed in is is so important for our mental health, you know.
0: Mm. And that's a great piece of advice you just gave there too, because even with myself, I would break up in the past. Initially, I felt like crap. But over time, when I started to get myself into the gym again and focusing on my health and, you know, and cutting weight and just making sure that I'm building the best version of myself, I felt great within like two months. And I was like, yeah. I can't believe this transition happened so quickly. But it's just because I showed up for myself. And one thing I learned on that journey as well is that if you get so fixated on the outcome, you'll never enjoy the present moment because you live in the future. So you've got to enjoy the journey. And the beautiful thing by enjoying and being in love with the journey, that most of the time the outcome's better because you're so mm-hmm. focused on the best thing now. And if you keep focusing on what's that. going to be best for now, the future's always going to be better.
1: Yeah, I absolutely love that. And we are building our futures right now. You know, yeah. Um, I love the saying that says self-control is empathy for our future self.
0: Mm, that's great.
1: And having empathy for your future self. How many people have empathy for, you know, people around them? They'll have empathy for their kids or they'll have empathy for their spouse or they'll have empathy for their parents or or just mm. society in general, you know, these empaths, these people with great empathy. But do they have empathy sometimes for their future self? Yeah. Like, how is your future self going to feel from the habits you did today? Yeah is your future self going to be pissed because you uh neglected all these things that you could have done to help itself and to make itself feel better or mm. is your future self going to be happy with the habits that you were doing today and so self love a lot of time that gets chalked up especially in our kind of like Instagram kind of surface level thing self love is just like well i just you know i i give myself a cupcake and i have a bottle of wine you know you'll see like these memes of like self love they're in a bathtub sipping yeah. wine or whatever but self-love is future self-love too Mm. you've got to love your future self you can't just love your you know if you just love your present self which really just means satisfying your present senses has nothing to do with the true self it has to just do with our bodily senses but if you're simply just doing that and you're not worrying about what your future self is going to feel you're neglecting a huge part of yourself Mm. right and our true self is not just the sensory, you know, it's not just the physical, it's the spiritual, it's the emotional, it's the mental, it's our our true nature, which is deep inside. And when we are living for that, when we are living consciously congruent, right? Mm. Our consciousness is here and our level of life is here, and it's actually aligned. That's when you get some power. That's when you get some amazing emotion, that's when you get some purpose, that's when you get some levels of happiness that people don't even realize are possible on this Mm. earth you know um and you see that with people they they literally glow when they're in that mode of just living consciously congruent and the energy that comes from that is just so profound so i love that you brought that up
0: Mm. and how do you like say those moments where you're like in this moment my senses are wanting to do this for self-love but also i need to love my future self how do you separate the two and truly understand which is going to serve you going forward
1: well, and it's definitely a balance. Like, yeah, everything, everything in this world is a middle path. You know, like I think people love to take extremes, and extremes go very viral in this world, right? That's why the yeah. people like Goggins go viral, and which mm-hmm. I have much love for. I love that guy, but I don't want to live like Goggins. I'm sorry, I'm not going to wake up at two in the morning and go take an ice bath and run 900 miles till my knees fall apart. Like, that's not my idea of life. But he does represent a message that people mm-hmm. need to hear, and that message is we're avoiding pain so much. And the comfort is what is killing us. We Mm -hmm. are literally being killed by our own comfort. We don't want to face any pain. And sometimes pain and and discipline and doing those things will create the most amount of pleasure for us. So on on a, a practical level... There is going to be a level. I still enjoy nice food. I still am a human. I still enjoy sex. I still enjoy, you know, eating mm. great things, having fun with my friends, enjoying, you know, leisurely time. I watch a good movie, all these different things. But that has become so out of skewed in in some people's lives that literally that's all they're doing is a sensory pleasure that yeah. they no longer feel joy anymore. Yeah. And if if it's on a spectrum, we have purpose over here and we have pleasure over here. We, most people are living somewhere over here, especially in America with, with our society and, and Australia, I'm sure, you know, similar
0: Definitely, because yep. we
1: have everything. We have everything at our fingertips and the comfort is what is just, we're constantly seeking comfort. We're a comfort seeking society. And the comfort is what's kind of hurting us in the long run. Now, if we have purpose over here where our purpose is so um, deep and we can kind of let go of comforts for our purpose, maybe find that middle path, right. Where we're, we're living a purposeful life. We're doing things that every day we're like, man, that was hard, but I'm glad I did it. But we're Mm -hmm. also taking time to relax and enjoy our senses and enjoy our bodies that were gifts to us. Right. We don't Mm -hmm. have to completely be in in pain all the time and uh, you know, sleep on an ice block at night or whatever. Right. We can, we can still have that joy there, but Finding mm-hmm. that balance, and whenever we get out of whack on one end of the spectrum or the other, is taking the time because there's times when I'm working so hard that man, I just need to take a break. I need to go hot tubbing. I need to relax with my friends. Uh, you know, after this, we're gonna go to a party and hang out with some good people and just you know, you you do those things to kind of rebuild yourself. But if I'm doing nothing but that, believe mm-hmm. me, I'm gonna start getting depressed because I'm not living. I'm not having the discipline. I'm not actually mm-hmm. working out. I'm not eating right. I'm not taking care of my future self. And so, just finding that balance, I think, is key. You know,
0: Mm, I'm glad you touched on that as well because it's such an important topic, especially for the listeners here. Because on social media, we can always see people doing the extreme all the time. Rather, I've seen people doing the extreme hustle, 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 or we're seeing people doing the extreme pleasure. And then, like, we feel like we have to do one or the other to fit in those groups. And then we feel Mm -hmm. like we're outcasted that we in between that because we're like, oh, I don't really fit in the pleasure. And I really fit in the hustle because so I'm just sitting there. It's like, no, that's good because you're still mm-hmm. filling your own cup while still leading your mission and purpose in life. And that's an important mission and um, message as well because that's what I push to people. Like I feel my best when I'm on my mission and purpose in life, but also still enjoy the fruits of life as well, like the pleasure side of it too. So it's yeah. finding out the balance between both and implementing that into your life. And that's a great piece of um, topic you just touched on there.
1: Well, and, uh, even when you study the the history of Buddha, you know, and and Siddhartha, um, mm-hmm. and I love that you said that because I feel like you you represent that in a big way with with what you teach and stuff. But, you know, Siddhartha, when he, he at first he lived the prince life where he was rich, he had tons of concubines, he had tons of, of women that would, you know, he'd sleep with and he just lived the most opulent life ever. Mm-hmm. Then he went to the other extreme where he became an ascetic and he basically lived in the wilderness and didn't even eat food, right? And he Mm -hmm. found out that wasn't the truth either. Then eventually he finds the middle path, right? Which is the material mixed with the spiritual, you know, Mm -hmm. it's the purpose mixed with the living in the moment and not just taking one or the other, because either way you're going to, you're going to kind of get lost in that. So the middle path has always been the answer to my experiences is finding that middle path Mm -hmm. to really live. And I think that's where we, we have the most fruit, but what, what we tend to do is we compare ourselves to others to find that middle And the problem is in our society, most people are not in the middle. Most people are on that other spectrum. Like we're talking about, they're either, you know, one spectrum or the other, but a lot of people are in this more comfort era, um, if you will. And and when you get somebody like Goggins, he pulls a bunch of people out of that. And I love that. That's why we need these extremes to kind of wake people up and say, get up. You know, I know you feel like crap, but push through the pain. You know i know you don't feel like doing it but quit being so comfortable like literally get up and work your ass off today and try hard at something that is difficult and push your body and actually feel the pain of your body struggling for oxygen as you work out mm. feel that for a little bit feel yeah. what it feels like because a true sign of being alive is suffering if you're never suffering physically at all and actually putting yourself through some suffering in in a physical way and a in a, a controlled way you're not really living like you're not even mm. existing you're just you're just kind of going through the motions you know and so um i think that extreme does help kind of bring us back to that middle so if we are looking for the middle path it's got to be our middle path it's got to be our consciously congruent middle path that is our unique purpose and really checking in with ourselves and saying what is my purpose what mm. is my um, potential because i look at like imagine if gandhi or jesus looked around and looked at his brothers or people around him. And he's like, I just want to be better than these people around me. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if Gandhi looked at his buddies and just said, "Uh, you know, if I could just make a little more money than him, you know, and Gandhi and and say Gandhi makes that goal. And he's like making a little money. Does that mean Gandhi's living his purpose? You know, Mm -hmm. no, his purpose was completely different. It was a completely different path. And so checking in with yourself and not really looking externally to uh, what other people are doing, but finding out what is your purpose and how do I live that? How do I wake up every day Mm. and try to live that? And it's not going to be as clear as day, but it's going to come as we take steps. It's going to start lighting up for us as we do the hard thing, as we work out, as we start eating right, as we start using disciplines and reading books and filling our mind with with deep thoughts and deep Mm. thinking. Our purpose is going to start to unfold. And as we get out of self, we start helping other people. We're going to start to see what that actually looks like, what that actually feels like, and what it feels like to live a purpose-driven life, you know?
0: Mm. And so many people can feel lost in today's world because of the external, right? Like they use the external world to be their measure of what they have to do in life, but they don't look within to see what they feel is the right thing to do within life to then push into the external. Now, I think yeah. that's an important message for people. It's like, instead of looking on the outside to find the answers within, look within. Then you'll find the answers that will excel you on the outside too, And in terms of like the whole spiritual side of yourself, what do you do to help yourself feel more connected to yourself?
1: Mm, Good question. Um, I think there's that saying that 90% of the problems would would disappear if we just shut the door in our own room and just kind of listen to our own thoughts. I forget who said that, but Mm. um, and the idea of just kind of checking in with yourself. Um, And for me, there was a point in my life when I was really deeply into the spiritual practices and stuff and there was a point where i was meditating about three hours a day um and luckily my wife didn't leave me because i mean i was just so i was so in the spiritual that i was not in the material um i'd lost uh, a ton of weight i wasn't really eating very much and i was literally just in a very extreme state of spirituality it was blissful it was amazing. Um, but I, I kind of came to my senses and said, Hey, I'm here for a reason. Like there's Mm. a reason I'm in a physical body. Why not enjoy it? Why not enjoy my life? Why not experience the physicality of my life, um, and integrate the two, integrate the spirituality with the physical. But there are times when the physical overpowers me and I've got to bring that back because I'll get too, uh, wrapped up in the material world. Mm. And for me, the biggest thing that's helped me is having a spiritual perspective, and what all that means to me is reminding myself that hey i'm a spiritual being having a human experience yeah right like i am i am not just this temporary being here i'm a spiritual being that is eternal that uh you know is immortal is it, whatever you want to say i'm a spiritual being that is having a temporary human experience and when you look at things through that perspective when you look at things through that lens you will begin to get different insights you will begin to look mm. at things way different than if you're just in the material mindset and so not to get too into the weeds because i know everybody's got their own personal beliefs and i do too right like i have no no judgment against that but if you are purely looking at your life from a material perspective like oh i'm this body and i've only got this much time to live and and my life is only this. And if something bad happens, then it, it means it happens to me and I'm forever gone. If you're just having a materialistic mindset, is extremely depressing way to think. An yeah. extremely depressing way to live. And mm. it's not scientific. That's the big point I want to drill in. is It is scientifically true that energy is never created nor destroyed. We know that scientifically. That's mm. one of the laws of thermodynamics. So whatever you believe, it may not be that we end up in some golden street mansion or whatever. And I'm not here to speculate that that's what we end up after we, we leave this earth. But I am here to say that there's more to life than just the material, than just the spiritual. We are connected to something that is eternal. We don't know exactly mm-hmm. what that is, but we know that it's true because energy is never created or destroyed, only transformed. So our bodies transform, our life transforms but we are connected to that eternal energy forever. So giving me that perspective and really taking a moment to look at it from that higher perspective, it changes every every area of my life. But again, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that this isn't important. And yeah. sometimes people in the spiritual mindset will get into the world of, well, I'm just going to live in a cave. None of this matters. None of this. What's the point? And I'm just this spiritual being. So who cares about the material? It, it's almost like if you were going to play a video game, right? Mm-hmm. And you get so invested in the character of the video game. And this video game player, he's dancing around, he's doing his thing. And you all of a sudden, you're so invested in the video game that you believe you are that, that player in the game. And you mm-hmm. forget all about it. So if something bad happens to this player, you go, oh my God, this bad thing happened to me, right? Yeah. Or you jump in a hole, oh my God, my 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 life is over. But really, in reality, you're safe on the couch, right? You're separate. Mm-hmm. You're safe on the couch. Nothing's really happened to the true self. The character that is, you know, in the game, something may have happened to it, but then you take a spiritual perspective and you go, well, I'm just on the couch. I'm enjoying this game. uh, It doesn't matter what happens to the character, but Mm. why did you play the game in the first place? Mm. You played for the joy of the game. You played to take it to the next level. You played so you could have some experience. You played so you could see what you are capable of, right? so if you're believing a spiritual perspective you're believing that you're eternal you're having a spiritual you're a spiritual being having a temporary human experience why not take your human experience to the absolute highest level you possibly can why not become mm. the best version of yourself why not get as jacked and as ripped as you believe you want to be why yes. not go you know, try to make a lot of money and earn it and give it away or whatever you think is is awesome why not have amazing experiences why not try to travel to the different oceans and and go feed, you know, children who don't have food? Like, why mm. not do something just badass? Why not just create art or or create a beautiful mansion for yourself? It doesn't all have to be altruistic. It can be mm. some selfish goals in there too, right? But why not experience life to the nth degree on and such a high level? And so that's what I'm literally trying to do is from this spiritual perspective, knowing that ultimately everything is okay. Knowing mm. ultimately I'm connected to my source, everything's all right. I'm having the absolute most fun I can down here, uh, going through life, going through the struggles, trying to attain goals. I've got you know multiple businesses, I've got real estate, I've got different things I'm trying to attain. I've got a big goal this year, which I don't know if I can do it, but it's fun, it's exciting. Mm. And why not try to take it to that next level? So that's, that's my perspective. That's kind of my spiritual connection there. And it comes through that thought system
0: Mm, I align with probably nearly everything you just said, Ben, because like everything, well, the majority of the world is energy. Like there is matter, but like I think it's about like no, over ninety percent is energy, right? And even in materialistic things, energy can live within that. So there's still a positive experience even if you attain it because it's got energy within it. And it's depends on the energy that holds. And like us as humans, we're majority energy as well. And one thing I love in terms of like the universe and vibrations and stuff is that when the universe was created over 4 billion years ago, it was created through energy. 4 billion mm. years later, we're here as energy. And that lives with insiders. And it's like once you get connected within yourself and you start listening to yourself more, you can feel this energy within you that can create shifts in your life that will push you on your journey and push you forward and... Like you said, it makes you start wanting to become the best version of yourself. And the best thing yeah. about being the best version of yourself is literally just being the best version of you without the comparison of what other people have attained. Because 100%. wherever your path will lead to is up to you. And that's up to you every right. single day to show up for that. So I just wanted right. to touch more on what you just said because that was a really good message.
1: No, and you drilled it in, especially at the end, with becoming the best version of yourself without the comparison, right? Because. Mm a lot of times when people hear that idea of like becoming the best version of yourself, where they're like, well, I don't want to be rich or I don't want to have a certain body or I don't want to, well, that's fine. Like that's, nobody's telling you what you should want in life. Like Mm -hmm. that is your own personal conscience, you know, and sometimes we look at it and we'll go, well, I shouldn't want that. Like, that's not right. Like for me, I love supercars. I love sweet, Mm -hmm. fast cars. To me, it shows our potential as human beings. Like, I think they're awesome. I think they're cool and there was a while when i was like oh i shouldn't want that because that's you know materialistic or whatever like no if you have something in your conscience that excites you that makes you excited maybe it's like a beachfront house or mm-hmm. maybe it's just you know helping people or maybe it's maybe it's a combination of both but if you have those things to actually go for it and to have that energy to do it like that will just continue to motivate you but it's also not comparing it to others because if you're comparing it to others a lot of people chase things in life that they don't want, they just, Mm. other people want it, right? And we think, oh, this is what I should want because such and such else wants it or whatever. But either way, you're limiting yourself with comparison. One way you're saying I'm worse than other people, which will make you feel depressed. The other way is you're limiting yourself because maybe my limit is way up here and i'm not even realizing it because i'm comparing it to my friends and i'm like well thank god i'm i'm a little better than my friends you know (laughs) or something like that (laughs) or your limit is is so much higher and you're comparing to somebody else and it's like you your purpose may be so much higher here than you even know and and looking within is the only way we know that right and Mm -hmm. to find that within ourselves and so it's that ongoing journey but i love that you you brought that up because Becoming our best version of ourselves has nothing to do with comparison, right? It just has to do with whatever that consciously congruent life looks like for you. Mm. Um, and and being realistic with yourself in the sense of not BSing yourself, not saying, oh, I don't want these things, or I don't want to live this way, or I don't want to think this way or whatever, like being completely honest with yourself, like, what do I want in life and mm. not judging it, and really looking for it. And... The other thing that is helpful with this is once you get those ideas is writing them down, creating a vision for your life. And I think a lot of times people are scared to do that because they're scared that they won't be able to attain it. Mm. Um, And some of that comes with faith. But I believe the the benefit I see in that is just for the mental chewing gum, if you will, that gives us of thinking of our future, even if it doesn't work, even if you don't manifest it, Think about all the mental anguish you saved by now thinking about a positive future instead of thinking about something that has no benefit to your life, some negative future that you're creating or some regret you have in your past that you've thrilled Mm. over your head a million times. Like, why not take, get rid of that for a while and start thinking about a positive future that you want to create. And regardless of it happens or not, it's going to make you think better. It's going to make you mentally better. And Mm. what I've seen in my life is the things I have put out there to the universe, I have put out to the higher power, whatever you want to call it, those things have started to manifest and I've gotten a big proportion of them. And now I'm thinking Mm. of other things because I want to continue on that journey because it's fun. It's a blast, you know? Yeah.
0: Like you said, it's fun. (laughs) And the thing is too, (laughs) like I'd love to touch on like the visualization aspect of it as well because one thing I say to people is admit what you want and own it. So one Mm -hmm. thing I get to do with people that um, I work with or that I speak with is that with me myself, I have like my vision board as my lock screen. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that. That's great. Yeah. That's just like, it's like a mental reminder every single time, look at your phone and envisioning that life that you're building towards and what you're striving towards and what's keeping that um, tank full as well. And yeah. there was a study done that was done on visualization and it was three groups of 10 people. And mm. it was to do like free throws in basketball. I'm not sure if you've heard this study.
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. go on. Yeah, it's been a while. Mm
0: -hmm. So the first group of 10 people, they did physical practice only. The second group did visualization only, so they only visualized themselves shooting from the free throw line. And the third group did no physical practice or no visionary practice. The group that did no physical or visualization just didn't didn't do good at all. The Mm. team of 10 that did the physical practice only got a score of 24. The people Mm. that did only visualization – We've no physical practice, got a score of 23. It's only one point wow. less than the team that wow. did the physical practice. And that just yeah. shows the power of our mind when we become fixated on something that we can attain it. And the one thing I learned from that was you can actually prep yourself for situations. So now when I publicly speak, I picture myself publicly speaking, what the air is going to feel like in the room, what the mm-hmm. people are going to react to, how I'm going to, Overcome of a stutter or of misplace a misplaced word, then by the time I get up on the stage and speak, it's all second nature to me because I've already lived mm-hmm. that experience within my mind, and it's like now, that. now I'm just here physically experiencing rather than just mentally.
1: Right, right. Oh, I absolutely love that. Hundred percent. I do. Uh, have you ever studied Neville Goddard? You ever got into him at all? No, actually, I haven't. I'll check him out. Yeah. So he yeah. he was from the nineteen fifties, and he was one of these guys who brought a lot of this. Type of thinking, the metaphysical uh, visualization thinking, mm-hmm. um, and that's somebody I study a lot. And he he says, um, feel the feeling of the wish fulfilled. Like like feel what it would feel like to have that. And actually, my tattoo is act act as if it's already here. And mm-hmm. so that reminds me to think about the things that I want in life and actually feel like they're already here. Um, but one of the practices he recommends, which I found very valuable, because sometimes I struggle with sleep. And especially when I was struggling with depression, I think the sleep was uh, an issue because I don't know about you, but that's the time when you start reviewing all the silly things you've done in life. Right. When you start, yeah, like, Oh God, especially if you're going through like a dark time, like you'd start thinking about all the shoulda, woulda couldas, and blah, blah, blah. But Neville Goddard reminds us is that is actually the most powerful time for creation. Mm. And he said, before you go to bed, work on a vision And just a scene, like a little scene from the vision, like say it's like you walking into a certain house that you want someday and your family comes out and your kid runs up to you and grabs you and you got your significant other who may not exist, but you see them and they love you or whatever. And you've got this, this little scene and try to work on that as you go to sleep and and don't look at it from a perspective of outside, like you're watching a movie, but be in the scene, Mm. like feel what it would feel like. Oh, I'm opening my doorknob. What does my door sound like? What does it smell like? What, is it, what, are, what are the noises I'm hearing? What does it feel like as I walk in? Is the room cold? Is it warm? You know, And so as you do that, before you drift off, I end up passing out like this. Like it yeah. puts me in such a great state that I ended up falling asleep where before I would struggle because I'd be thinking about what I got to do tomorrow or what I did in the past or whatever it is. And my mind would just be going going. But when I bring myself back to think of my scene and it's a mental practice, it's not easy because I'll get distracted all the time. But if I go, OK, now I'm thinking about whatever and I bring myself back to my scene within like five, 10 minutes, I'm out and I mm-hmm. just have the most peaceful sleep. And as a happy um, outcome of that, that thing ends up happening. And it's happened multiple times in my life. My wife can attest to it. I mean, the things that we have tried to create, she's like, nah, I don't think that's possible. You know, our, we wanted a a beachfront condo. We just got one in Aruba this last year, which was Mm -hmm. a total you know, mind-blowing kind of thing that we didn't think was possible. That's but it sleep. was something that I'd visualized over and over and over in my brain and mm-hmm. things just kind of came together to make it happen. Um, So, yeah, it's it, it really works. And it's also a hack, a sleep hack that I think yeah. not a lot of people realize.
0: And that's a, um, like you said, it's a hack. And it shows the power of our brain because our subconscious mind runs up to about 95% of our life. So, most of it the time mm-hmm. we're on autopilot, right? And that time before you go to sleep and you're envisioning that, because um, just before we go to sleep and when we just wake up, we're in the fate of brainwave state. And in the mm-hmm. fate of brainwave state, we can attain information up to 300% more than we would at any other time during the day. So doing wow. practices like that before bed at night, you're up to 300% more attainable of whatever you think of. And then mm-hmm. – because I actually found myself uh, – because I – Research this after i found it out within myself from my own experience because i remember a couple of years ago before i was going to bed i was watching so many tony robbins videos and i was just watching them every single yeah. night and i was just obsessed with tony robbins and then mm-hmm. like two months later i found myself like communicating like him i'm like wait what am i like communicating like tony because yeah. I, so i did the research on it and that's because that's the reason why because in the face of brainwave state we've got more insight we're more creative we're more in touch with our feminine but also, we're able to attain information up to 300%, 300% more. So one thing I say to people is be aware of what you put your focus towards before you go into bed, because that will become the result of your life.
1: That is so, so, so powerful and so, so true. And uh, the one point that really I think you you brought up there that makes a lot of sense is the continued exposure to that type of thinking right Mm. where you every night you were listening to something that was positive and every night and then eventually it started happening because it seeped into your subconscious Mm. like these truths me and you are talking about right now like if somebody heard this for the first time that's not enough sorry like that's not gonna that's not gonna get you to where you want to be in life you have to hear these truths every day. And it doesn't mm. have to be from me or from you. It could be from anybody. And that's what I try to do every day. I will listen to 20 minutes of somebody speaking positively about something. Right? Like, mm. and I remember hearing about the ratio between entertainment and education. Yeah. And how much time we spend on entertainment versus education, and I think the ratio was something like two hundred to one. Or something. Yeah, don't we'll don't do. quote me on that. But I remember it was astronomical that we are entertained 200 more times than we spend on education. And think about how negative some of our entertainment is. And I'm mm-hmm. guilty. But I don't mind. I'll watch. I'll watch some dark stuff sometimes because it's entertaining, right? But if my ratio is that out of whack, mm-hmm. I'm going to fill my subconscious mind with this negative stuff on a continued basis. I'm going to start thinking and start manifesting those things where if I'm listening to Tony Robbins on a continued basis, that's going to seep into my subconscious mind and my thinking is going to be altered by my exposure to that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that is part of the practice is every day listening to something and I'll go and I've done it. I've done it for, several years where I've done that, listen to something every single day, but I'll go a week without because something comes up or I'm too busy or works too crazy or whatever. And I'll notice that, man, I'm like not in a good state. Like yeah. I, my thinking is off. I'm getting mad at my dog or my kid or my wife or whatever. And I'm just not in a good state. And it's because I haven't taken that time to fill my subconscious conscious mind up. So it's just like taking a shower you know, studying self-help motivation, um, you know, cognitive therapies, all these things that you, you are explaining stuff. This stuff is like, we can't just do it once and think our life's going to be different. We literally have to make it a practice every day. Like you have to work out every day. It's not like you can do it once or take a shower once. And now you're clean for the rest of your life. Like we have to make it a practice and let it seep into our subconscious mind. So eventually that becomes our thinking pattern. And whatever we admire in this life, if we admire somebody's thinking pattern, get around them, start listening Mm. to them, start hearing them more often. And as you do, your thinking pattern will start to shift as well. And same goes with the opposite. If you want to feel more depressed, get around more depressed people because Mm. they will start thinking and they will start their mindset and their neurons and their habits uh, will start to interact with you. And so to me, I think it's that's the most valuable thing we have today. Is the internet and a lot of people that you know it's good, bad. I get it, like it both has both aspects. But the fact that me and you can look up somebody like Tony Robbins, who has mm-hmm. achieved such a high level of self mastery and listen to him for literally I could find endless videos on him. Like, w- at yeah. what time in history were we able to do this? And yet, people will sit and watch Netflix for eight hours and don't listen to two seconds of Tony Robbins and they wonder why their thinking is off. You know, yeah. like it's like yeah. just the, the simple practices we could do on a continued basis and take advantage of the uh, the, the stuff that's out there, um, like podcasts like yours and, mm. and Instagrams like yours and mine, like people should take advantage of this and just eat it up because it it is just profound the, the time we live in. And it's an amazing time to be alive because of that.
0: Yeah, it is an amazing time to be alive. And there's two things within that want to the breakdown that you said too. Like one of them is a dude called 19 Keys. I'm not sure if you're aware of his work, but he's he's based over in America. And he was touching on about like, he's all about um, energy, vibration, frequency, and all that philosophy. And he was talking about DNA. And DNA can be shared in a room up to 20 feet. So within a 20-feet vicinity, everyone's DNA can be shared, hormones are shared, energy shared. And you sort of take on each other's energy. And he was talking about like if you sit in the room and all the windows are closed and doors are closed, that energy becomes consumed. And then that's when it starts building up and getting disrupted and whatnot. So he said even if you are in the room of high energy positive people, at least keep a window open so you're given the energy room to leave and more energy and new energy to come. But like you said, you become a product of the people you hang around because if you're in a room of people that are unhelpful in terms of what experience you're truly wanting in life... You're going to consume that, and then that's going to become right. programmed within yourself. So remember that within 20 feet, or just in general in life, be cautious of the people you are surrounding yourself with. And very true, very yeah. True. And the other point yeah. you said as well, oh, like the habit. Oh, sorry, right? <laughs> like no, no, the yeah, um, yeah. habit building as well, like the Netflix thing. Uh, whatever we do for two hours a day adds up to one month a year. So two hours a day mm-hmm. is a month a year, and that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So thinking about what habits are you doing that's taking up to two hours a day that's taking up one month of your year I'm thinking about that sleeping takes up one third of our life as well what mm. are you actually experiencing in life so mm. just being cautious of where you're putting your focus and direction
1: right and that is that is extremely powerful both points you know this the the habitual and and again I think it's it comes to that balance because there is a time for entertainment there is a time yeah. for joy and and experiencing those things but we've just gotten so out of whack and people wonder why they're struggling so much. It's like, just look at your habits, look at your lifestyle, look at the things Mm -hmm. you're doing. And if there is ways you can improve, then do that and then see how you feel. Right. And then, Mm -hmm. then you can reassess. But if your habits are terrible and you're assessing how you feel and who you think you are and what you think you have, uh, based on that, like, you know, you're not really taking the time to see what a, a an actual baseline is for you, because mm-hmm. if you're living a, a, a more consciously congruent, more habit ha, habit based, where you're focused on those type of things, you're gonna your thinking's gonna be just completely different. But the mirror neurons is so important, like you said, like how we can share DNA and mm-hmm. how we're around people and stuff. And the one problem I've seen with that is when people they want to isolate because they can't get around other positive people, they only have negative people in their life. And I get that, like when when people have s- struggling families, or they don't maybe have a lot of friends, or they're not very outgoing. And to me, I I get a lot of information from the internet. And I get a lot of that pos- positivity from the internet and from people like you that are speaking mm. and talking. I listen to these people and they help. And then, you know, when you have to go to work, and you're around lower vibration people, you're able to kind of withstand it. And I love the 33-33-33 rule, yeah. which it's the idea of, you know, 33% of the time, spend it with people who are at a higher level than you, people that you look up to. The other 33% is spend with your peers, peers on level. You can relate. You guys are both on the same journey together. You can relate on the struggles Mm. you've both faced. And then the other 33% is people that are struggling, people that are depressed, people that are in a negative mindset. And not that you have to tolerate abuse or or negativity unnecessarily, but sometimes you can be a light in those people's lives and and Mm. you can bring them up but also, if you're just hanging around that that group of people, it's going to start pulling you in. So you got to make sure you're you're supplementing your Tony Robbins, your your uh, Joe Dispenza, all these type of guys. You're supplementing that in to help with mm. your psyche while you're dealing with the lower vibrations as well. So again, it comes back to that balance. But I, that's so really cool. I've never heard that DNA study or whatever that that experience. The 19 levels it was called.
0: 19 keys. So that's the guy's name. Levels. I'll send you the. Um, the talk he does on stage i'll send you the link for it you can check out his work because that conversation had yeah, was amazing and um yeah. yeah i'll send that through to you and also anyone who listens to the podcast if you want to hear it too reach out to me and i'll send it to you as well awesome and, and also been, yeah about, go ahead
1: yeah, yeah. I, I just want to say this has been awesome i feel like we relate on a lot of topics and a lot mm. of subjects and uh i love where your head's at i really do because i think you've kind of you figured out ways that help and that's what people Mm -hmm. need nowadays is that the some of the methods aren't aren't working for some people and it's too bad to see that you know the simple the one-sided way of looking at uh mental illness or depression and i get there's a place for that i'm not one of these people who thinks it's it's totally unnecessary blah blah blah. you know just just think positive and everything will be all right like no i get that that people struggle chemically whatever Mm -hmm. that is right but at the same level, there is a whole nother world that yeah. is so profound and so helpful that people like yourself are doing these type of, of lessons to help people to. And, and like I said, I'm a prime example. Like I don't struggle with the things I used to struggle with and genetically I should Right? genetically, mm-hmm. I have this very similar genetics to my sister, but I do not struggle in the way she struggled. And mm-hmm. a lot of that comes down to the habits. A lot of it comes down to the discipline and making my thing myself do things that are maybe painful in the moment but reward my future self that I can enjoy uh, in my future self and I do enjoy them you know
0: mm, that's great. And one thing I see with you too is that open perspective on all things in life and I relate to that a lot because if I have a moment where I feel depressed, I ask myself the question what in my life is not serving me right now because I feel like that might be the thing that's suppressing me. And once I can Mm -hmm. eliminate that from my life, that emotion or that feeling starts to fade away because I'm more in tune towards the things that's actually growing me in the moment because we can do things that, let's just say gym for an example, because it's reliable. Mm. I used to be very into lifting weights and like trying to get stronger, but then that wasn't serving me anymore. And I realized that was kind of pushing me away from the gym because Mm. I realized that I started to enjoy other things like endurance more. So like, cool, I'll stop trying to lift heavy and do more endurance training. Then gym started serving me more. And it's just... Meet yourself where you're at continuously through life.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And, and it would be so much, life would be so much easier if it was just black or white, right? Like we can yeah. just take one, one thing and just say, like, this is it. This is the, you know, whatever. Um, and one, one mindset, but it's, it's the play of, of the interplay of the balance and, that's what makes this game the fun game. Like I always say, like when people talk about all the problems in the world or all the issues in the world or all the different things, and they get real discouraged about life, I say, well, how fun would it be in a video game if you got all the cheat codes right away? Yeah. Like what would be the point? Like if you had no no obstacles <laughs> to overcome, if you were already at the end and all you had to do was cross the bridge and you won the whole game. Okay. Well, mm. what was the point of that? Like, These things in our life that we look at as challenges, as obstacles, as, as problems, if you will, they're, they're really at the end of the day for our experience here. And it's for a bigger purpose and so when we look at those and experience those and take them head on that's when we're really playing the game to our fullest extent and i think we're having the most joy down here because that's when you have the most joy when you play a video game when you're really going Mm -hmm. for it right and you're experiencing it at such a high level and you're ingrained in the game but at the same time you know hey i'm still safe and sound on my couch like (laughs) (laughs) okay, no matter what happens so yes
0: yeah that's great i love to um get into some questions as well Yeah. So my first one is for the dads out there as well, because I see a lot of dads struggle to achieve this um, thing I'm about to ask. So how do you find balance of being a father, but also prioritizing yourself as well?
1: Great question. And I think it all comes down to if I'm not taking care of myself, I can't take care of anybody else. Right. Yeah. So uh, I've got my hierarchy of values and, the top hierarchy or the top value in my hierarchy is physical fitness, mental fitness, because I know if I'm not taking care of those, I'm not going to be there for, for my kiddos. Like Mm. if I, you know, um, have some heart attack or I have some issue that I could have been prevented because I was not taking care of myself. How am I going to help them in the first place? So if I miss an hour of my kid's life because I'm in the gym or because I'm doing something positive, would I rather do that? Or would I rather, live a longer life and, and be around them for a longer time or have a better mental attitude. If I spend an hour reading or spend an hour in, in meditation or thinking, you know, positive thoughts or doing a podcast like this, which builds me up. If I spend that time, the next time I see my kid, I'm going to be at such a high level. I'm going to be there for him. Whereas if I was just, you know, not doing these things, not taking care of myself, I'm not going to show up right for my, my kids. So prioritizing yourself is so important because that's how we show up towards mm. our family, towards our kids, and ultimately, you know, towards ourselves, right? Because what our kids believe, what is it? They 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 listen to 10% of what you say and watch and do follow 90% of what mm. you do. And so if you're you want your kids to grow up happy, you want your kids to grow up successful. You want your kids to grow up disciplined. And if you're not doing those things yourself, yeah, then what do you think your kids are going to grow up to be? Like mm. if if my kid watches me go to the gym every day and do that regardless. That's going to be a bigger lesson from him rather than if I played with him for an extra 30 minutes or whatever, like that to mm. me is the bigger lesson because he's going to look at his dad and say, well, his dad prioritized self-care and I'm going to prioritize self-care in my life, right? Mm. Because that that made my dad happy. So maybe that'll make me happy because I'm sure he'll go on his own journey of, of struggles and and mm. problems in his own life. But when he looks back and remembers, these are the things that helped my dad out maybe he'll try those out for himself. But if he doesn't have that example, what is he going to look up to? So again, I think it comes down to doing it uh at making it a priority. Um hmm. that is that is absolutely absolutely important. And you got to make the time. I mean there's just you can't have any excuses around it. And I get it, people have busy lives. I've got four businesses. I've got a wife. I've got a you know a kiddo. I've got a lot of things in my life. I've got two parents who live close by. And I make the time, I make it a priority. So it, you can too, you know.
0: Mm, that's amazing, bro. And that's such an important message. And like you said, there's always time, you just got to find it. Mm-hmm. And one of the best things you can do in the world is be selfish because it, it helps you be selfless for other people. Yeah. Because like if you're being selfish in terms of prioritizing your own well-being and health, that's going to replicate into other people's lives, especially when you're an example of the people that you're living with too because they like especially kids because they model your behavior so if they see you doing these things they'll also find interest in that as well because at the end of the day like the dad's a superhero right for these young children like and the mother as well but they become a model of that so just being the example and setting that is a great thing
1: yeah you're absolutely right absolutely right
0: and also i'd love to talk to you about um, your nutrition and the benefits mm-hmm. of it because I know in nutrition we have in the axis of our stomach we have an energetic nervous system which sends signals to our brain and yeah. there's the famous saying is you are what you eat. So mm-hmm. what would your perspective be uh for people that are not, let's just say, are not eating a healthy diet, they're always eating out all the time and mm-hmm. the impacts that the healthy more side of nutrition can have on them
1: well, yes, very, very important. And that, that it cannot be understated. And mm. I believe there was a Harvard study that came out a couple of years ago where they linked depression to our, uh, sad diet. They call it standard American mm. diet, which is basically processed foods. Um, and that is one of the things we work on with people is getting their nutrition. You know, that's part of the things I, I work on with people in the program. And we, we work on macros and macros are basically just out what your body needs to get to its goals, whether you want a six pack, whether you want more muscle, whatever that looks like for you, right? Again, no judgment, but what do you want to look like? What do you want to feel like? What do you want to, uh, do you want to have uh, flexibility? Do you want to have motion? Do you want to feel strong? All these different things. But the the biggest thing is there's so many different diets out there, the keto diet, this diet, whatever, and those are all great in different ways, right? But the thing that no matter what seems to hold true over time is eat real food Mm, yeah (laughs) avoid processed food and that is the the biggest trick of all right is try to eat real organic food and Mm. you know if you like fish if you like salmon if you like chicken if you like beef or or if you're a vegetarian whatever try to get the best quality you can because quality is everything and what i do on the holidays is i eat whatever i want like i i go out and our, our families have a big thing and i end up eating cake i end up eating ice cream i have all this stuff but the weirdest thing happens is when I do that because I, I don't want to be that weirdo that's eating broccoli and chicken on, on a Christmas day or whatever. And I don't yeah. recommend my clients do the same thing. Like I recommend you you enjoy and, and everything in moderation, kind of like the 85-15 roll or 15% of the time you, you enjoy yourself and you do have those those things that are tasty and whatnot. Um, but ultimately the 85% becomes to taste more. Like to me, I sometimes I enjoy clean food more than I enjoy dirty food. I actually, a lot of the time. But that's because my taste buds have switched and and the things I enjoy have switched. But when I do eat like that, say on the holidays where I'm just eating complete crap for 24 hours, I wake up and this happens every time. I, I kid you not, the next day I wake up depressed. Like I wake up and I'm just like, Oh God, what is wrong with me? And I just, I'll start thinking negative thoughts. I'll just kind of be like in this negative state and like my joints hurt. Like, I don't want to work out. I don't want to do anything. I, oh, I got to go to work today. Like I'm, and then I'm like, what the hell is wrong with me? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, Oh, right. You know, and my stomach's all messed up. So it's, it is definitely, we are what we eat. And because I've got the baseline of how I feel eating clean food, when I do come off that it is so noticeable. I mean, mm. it's an extreme notice, you know, I can very, very deeply notice it in my own psyche where I think when people are eating dirty food all the time, they don't notice it as much So they'll eat clean food and then maybe feel a little bit better, but it's not, not substantial. Whereas if you're eating clean food, clean food, and then you eat dirty food, the jump that you feel is so substantial that you're like, damn, is this mm. how people feel like all the time? Like, that's yeah. terrible. Like, how do people survive? Of course, people are are incredibly depressed. Like, mm. oh, God. Like, if, if you fed the happiest person in the world, I mean, you take somebody who's just completely happy all the time and they've got a great perspective on life and you feed them McDonald's all day long, like I will show you a depressed person in a month. Like I promise you that. Like you (laughs) will find the most depressed, sad person you've ever met because their nutrition is not going into their brain. It's not helping the chemicals, not Mm -hmm. helping any of the things that, you know, the serotonin, all the different things. It is not actually benefiting that. So nutrition is such a big part of that. Um, and it's part of the the habit structure that we have to focus on. We can't just focus on one area of our life. It's got to be the the material, the spiritual, the physical, the, the nutritional, the you know all of the above, and that's what we try to hit on. So,
0: yeah, because I feel like a lot of people, especially when it comes to like diets and whatnot, they think short term, and they think like I gotta say a hundred percent strict, not do anything else, can't have a cheat day for twelve weeks, and focus on that. But when it comes to health, it's a long term game. So it's like, yeah. no, you can still eat healthy and still enjoy everything else like the 85-15 rule, but just make sure. it a long-term thing that's going to be sustainable. And that's a great message that you push.
1: Right. Absolutely. It's got to be sustainable because when when you do finally switch to that, and I, I used to do bodybuilding shows back in the day where I would eat extremely clean, extremely simply. And when I was younger, I used to have all sorts of stomach problems. I mean, I had like just all the time. I remember as a kid, just feeling sick to my stomach all the time and never knowing what the problem was. And I just thought that was my lot in life. Mm-hmm. And when I first did a show, this is back when I was in my twenties, my coach had me eat nothing but like clean food for an entire, like, like four month period up leading up to the show. And I was just eating, you know, very clean, a lot of greens, a lot of vegetables, a lot of sweet potato, a lot of lean meats, uh, having me take fish oils every day, which is a total brain hack. Like if people aren't mm-hmm. taking fish oils. Like what are you doing? Like, unless you're allergic to them, but take fish oils. Like that is one of the best brain hacks and really highly studied thing for depression and stuff. But anyway, Mm. you had me taking all these different things, probiotics and stuff. And by the end of that, I looked phenomenal, but I also, my brain health was amazing, but I didn't have any stomach problems anymore. And I'm like, what? My stomach problems were connected to processed foods. Like it was like such a light bulb moment. But then looking back, I'm like, oh yeah, I was raised on like cinnamon toast crunch and, and, Mm. you know, lucky charms. Like no wonder I was feeling horrible all the time, you know? And when I get back into that, if I'm eating crappy of a long period of time, I start feeling horrible. So it's, it's not that people who eat clean or who live a disciplined life that they chose the, the pleasureless path. Like a lot of people look at it like, don't you even enjoy life or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? No, it's you're choosing longer term pleasure. Like I like the way I feel after I eat like a salmon salad with nuts and fruit and stuff. I feel great for like six hours Where if mm. I eat like a thing of ice cream, I'll feel great for like five minutes and then I'll feel terrible for six hours. Yeah. Right. So it's just about being smart and prioritizing the higher pleasure. It's not about neglecting pleasure. It's about choosing the better pleasure, like which one will make you feel better longer. And so that's a big part of the diet. That's why I'll never change it on the diet. Like I don't care if, if I start looking terrible on clean food, I will continually eat clean food because it makes me feel so much better mm. internally and mentally so but a happy side effect you end up getting kind of ripped and you look, <laughs> you end up looking a lot better than you did when you were eating dirty food so it's it's a nice side effect that's why i, I definitely like to preach that because you know it's it's all around the all-encompassing benefit there
0: overall benefit and like you said that you don't even realize how much of a good shift it'll bring into your life like when i first started to meditate like three months after i started to meditate i didn't realize how much unhelpful thoughts I was having or thoughts that weren't serving me until I started mm-hmm. meditating so and started to detach from things and analyze. And I was like, oh, wow, this is why people meditate. And like, I was able to pick my brain apart more. The exact same, like you said, with food and nutrition, you don't realize how much an impact some foods can have on you until you start eating a more clean uh, diet.
1: Yeah. And that's uh, that's what's so important. Like, So in the process that I, I work with people when I work with them coaching it's a, I call it the five P step process. and I won't go through all of them, but the first step is pain. Mm-hmm. And that first step, we call it pain because it is getting out of your, your typical habits that are number one, causing you pain, but it's also going to be painful to change, right? Like change is a little painful. People don't want to. So if you know that that pain is coming, like, oh, I'm not going to get my ice cream at uh, at six o'clock at night. That's going to be painful. Yeah, it will be for a little bit, but eventually you push through that pain and you don't Mm -hmm. feel the badness. When you're able to change in such a high degree, like like you're saying, like with meditation or with diet, and you do get into a whole new world, a whole new experience of life, and you start to experience that and you have a new reference point of how Mm -hmm. it feels, then when you go back into that, you realize, wow, this is way different than I felt like ABC over here. And I feel like CDE over here. This is a difference, right? But if you're never taking the time to pull yourself out of your current routine and go to a new routine, you're never going to know what it feels like in a new routine. So when people think like, this is just who I am, this is just what my lot in life or whatever, uh, how many times have they really pulled themselves out of their current routine to try something new, just to see, like, just as Mm -hmm. an experiment, like, you you know, maybe it doesn't work for you, whatever, but at least try it and pull yourself out of that for a while and do something completely different, like meditate. Because when you do, you'll start looking at your old thoughts and you'll be like, damn, that was really negative. And I held that thought all day long. I'm glad I don't do that anymore. Right. Or man, that food was terrible. and It was making me feel disgusting inside. And now I feel great. Like that's a a great reference point, you know, so Mm -hmm. I I can have that comparison there, but yeah, it's, it's very important and a good, good analogy there with that.
0: Mm. I've got we filed two questions for you. These two are a yeah. bit different. Um, they're a bit more fun. So the first one is: If you could study with any expert in the world, who would it be, and what would you study?
1: Ooh, man! I wish I had more time to think about this. Uh, I, I, I look to so many different teachers and so many different, like, so I've got real estate. I always call everybody my guru just because of the Eastern philosophy thing, but I've got, you know, my real estate gurus that I just, I admire. I've learned so much from them. I've got my health and fitness gurus. I've learned so much. Um, I've got my social media gurus, the people I've learned Mm -hmm. on that and stuff, and I'm still learning so much from them. Um, and then I've got my Tony Robbins, like those are, those are, so it probably have to be Tony. Like he's definitely an amazing, amazing guy. Uh, but what's kind of cool where I'm at now is I'm studying with, with one of the guys i really look up to, which is that Wes Watson. And we Mm -hmm. got in his elite coaching program. We meet once a week and he basically, uh, guides me in my processes and stuff. And what's really cool is, is talking with him has been a real level up for me because, I get around his energy and I get around his mindset and it's really helped. Um, so th- that's been part of the journey is it, it really is cool to actually see these p- people in person. Cause there's a difference between meeting with somebody on like, say, a zoom call or, or seeing them and interacting with them rather than just listening to them on, on yeah. YouTube or something there. It, it, there's a total difference in our, mm-hmm. our mental state. And you start to see people and go, wow, like number one, you realize they're not that great in the first place, like, which which sounds like terrible, but ultimately you realize because we put these people on such a pedestal, we're like, yeah. oh, and Tony Robbins is way up here and I'm down here or whatever. But I guarantee if we hung out with them long enough, we'd be like, Tony's kind of like us. He just has better habits. Yeah, he's you human know, he too. He's got like more clout because he's been doing it a long time. And when you get around that mind state, you start mm-hmm. to, to mimic that. So Tony, I guess Tony's going to have to be on my list, man, for sure. I mean, I love it. That's a great question. I wish I had more time to think about it because there's so many people I look up to in this world. So
0: The beautiful thing is you have so many different areas. So the one thing I've seen here that you really have broken down your life and you know what you want as well. And it sounds like mm-hmm. you've got different people for different reasons, which is great because you understand yourself. And that's an important lesson for the people listening as well as understand yourself more and what you want in life, and then you know what direction to go in or where to look or who to look for or who to surround yourself with.
1: Absolutely, and and learn the good things from people and and neglect the bad. Like it, there's people I've learned from that they have very obvious faults, right? Mm-hmm. But I still learn from them. Like, I think you can learn from anybody in this world and learn amazing things from them, even if they've got faults. As long as you're smart enough to discern those faults and say, yeah, I'm not going to take this advice. But what he said, this is phenomenal. Like, for example, my coach, Wes Watson, is one of the smartest social media guys I've ever met. Like he is like if you went to Einstein or whatever, and you're like, oh, he's this this type of level when it comes to social media, he, he understands it. Like he understands an mm-hmm. amazing pattern, amazing thing to follow. And then on the other end, there's like, like the real estate guys, like the Jason Harvins, those guys, he is so smart at real estate. I'm just like, God, he's just got a genius level. But then there's other things I don't necessarily agree with. Like, as far mm-hmm. as like, maybe the way they deal with relationships, relationships, maybe the way they deal with, you know, different forms of their life. But then I got uh, somebody else that I can learn from. So I've been around people who will, they will not learn from somebody because they don't like some aspect of them. And I think that is the dumbest thing to do in the world. Learn from everybody, right? Learn from absolutely everybody you can. This is an amazing time to be alive. Even if you don't like some small aspect of them, learn what you can from them, Mm -hmm. take it, apply it to your life and go on to the next person and learn more because that's what it's all about. It's just going to benefit your life more and more, you know?
0: Mm, well you say, you can learn from people's expertise. Like you might find someone that's a billionaire and you want to learn finances, but they might be out of shape. It's like don't right. dismiss them being an expert of finances because they're out of shape. And one of your values is exercise and health. It's like no, just learn what you want and what the expertise is that you're trying to attain.
1: Yeah, and get with the trainer who may be worth a you know hundred thousand dollars, but he's badass. You know, and yeah, got exactly. To, you know, and learn from him as far as your fitness goes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. so the mm-hmm.
0: last question for you brother is if you could have a if you could have dinner with four people past or present who are you have dinner with
1: oh man another killer <laughs> one dude god i want to have a really great answer because i have so many <laughs> so <laughs> many teachers i'll uh okay i'll go quick um i don't know if anybody's ever studied ramana maharshi he was like an old indian saint a phenomenal mm-hmm. guy uh he would be a great one um definitely tony gotta meet with tony um Gosh, uh, man, um, did, I don't know if everybody ever, ever read the science of getting rich Wallace waddles mm. as my favorite book. Uh, I've read it literally a hundred times. I like to meet with him. Um, I felt like he had a divine connection where he was getting downloads from the universe and just spouting them out on paper. And he was basically the guy who inspired the secret. So the mm-hmm. stuff that that guy said, I mean, it was such on a high level and just very, Uh, balanced but very smart way of thinking. Um so he would be a great one. And then of course uh the Buddha. That would be cool to see him as well. You know, so and then you gotta throw Jesus in there. I can't leave Jesus out. So that's fine. But I don't know, man.
0: (laughs) No, it is well they can bring in plus one.
1: (laughs) Can't leave out the good old Jesus. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I love that. That's great, man. Where can everyone find you? Where can everyone get in touch with you as well on the work that you do and how can people be involved in the coaching that you do?
1: Absolutely, man. So I'm mental health fitness dad, uh, uh mental health underscore fitness dad on Instagram. Just DM me. I literally I monitor my my Instagram all day long. I I interact with people all day long. A lot of people don't know it's like me and I'm literally me. It's me mm. talking to you, back to you. Um, you know, and some of my followers, we just have conversations. It may not be uh, you know, signing up or whatever, but we'll just talk about whatever. And I'm I'm trying to be there for people as much as possible. Um, while trying to balance my life, but, um, if you're interested in the coaching, we do that. And it is a weekly meeting with me where we meet one on one. We talk about where you want to go. Uh, we do diet, nutrition training, mindset training. We get habits. We go through an entire program to literally transform your life. I mean, the value you get with the program here, and it is not expensive. I mean, we're talking like eight bucks a day, like a Starbucks coffee a day yeah. it, and to change your life. And ultimately, I, I've i got my other businesses, I've got real estate, I've got other th- methods of making money. This is a passion project for me, right? Mm. Like This is something that I do because I love people and I want to get the message out there. I, I live for a higher purpose. I live for the memory of my sister. I live for people that I know as lives I can touch. And so, but... If people don't give you something in return, some sort of financial incentive, some some, they don't have any skin in the game, people don't generally follow through. So that's part of it. That's part of why we charge for the coaching, but it is not expensive and it will literally change your life. Like Mm. I cannot stress that enough. If you are depressed, if you are out of shape, if you are not living the life you want, if you have more you want to create in this life and more you want to experience, hop on the coaching. It will absolutely transform your life in every form or fashion. So
0: Mm. And after connecting with you for Instagram and also now this yeah. conversation, I highly, I'm a big advocate for the work that you do. And I highly recommend people to reach out to Joe if you find yourself connecting to the things he said today and especially with today's episode as well, the amount of things we touched on. Put in some pieces you can put into action following this episode. Don't just listen to it and then go about your day and not implement anything. If there's something within this episode that you found that you could actually implement into your life and you could see it making a shift into your life, write down some notes and start implementing action these items and then reach out to one of us because we'll both be more than happy to speak to you and help you along that journey as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Action is everything. Knowledge without action is Mm. is you know, you got to put it into the spirit or into the material form. So you're absolutely right. And I I, I reciprocate that with you. I love the work you're doing. I feel like you're probably helping lives that you don't even realize. And mm. I believe at the end of our life, when we look back at the, the impact we made, when we are doing stuff like this, it's going to be so profound and so widespread that we don't even know, it, it, you know, you help one person, they help five people and they help five people. And it's just going to be that, that um, split out effect. So I just, I really respect what you're doing as well.
0: Oh, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. And that's why I love podcasts. This episode, will get released next week, but then like next week in what, or February 2023, but then someone could listen to it 20 years down the line and get all this knowledge of value and they'll be able to implement it. And that's the beautiful thing about the impact that we're both making. So it's great to see we're beautiful, on this journey. This Absolutely, yeah. man. I appreciate and, um, you, brother you too and i'll link everything for joe in the bio as well so just go to the bio if you can't find the tag on instagram just the links will all be there but I just want to say thank you for coming on thank you for having me no worries thank you everyone for listening and tune in for next week see ya